0: Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the, oh, hang on, I've forgotten what the podcast is called. It's
1: just... (laughs) Let me start that again.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Sideways Life podcast. My name is Al. My name is
1: Leanne.
0: And what's the podcast about Leanne?
1: It's A Sideways Life. Well, what did, what did I say? The Sideways Live. It's oh, a God. Sideways Live and it's the honest guide to living and working abroad.
0: So if you are thinking if you're thinking of living elsewhere than your home, then this is the podcast for you. And in fact, if you are specifically thinking about living in Croatia for a year, which you should because we've done it for one year last year and then we're doing it again for another year this year, then this is the perfect episode for you because we talked to an expert, a lovely lady called Susanna Levaya. Uh, She's a lawyer, uh, part of Adriatic Sea Change. Um, And uh, in fact, we actually know, I think we know Barbara, her partner, her business partner more, because we've dealt with Barbara in the last one, but she got us out of so many pickles Mm -hmm. doing our our digital nomad visa last time. Um, And so we're we're just in love with her, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it's just it's just a brilliant organisation. And both Susanna and Barbara are incredible at what they do. So if you are considering living and working in Croatia, or if you're just spending some time comparing all the different digital nomad visas out here, then this is invaluable. Enjoy.
0: Brilliant. Okay, let's go and meet Susanna. Hey there, Isil here, just editing this and I realised the audio isn't brilliant on the Zoom call. Uh, We've done the best I possibly can, but um, if you've got any questions or anything you can't quite hear, then uh, just DM us on Instagram or send an email to asksidewayslife at gmail.com and I'm happy to get those questions answered. So I'm really excited to have Susanna Levaya here, um, because Susanna not only is a lawyer and an expert in the visa in uh, Croatia, but she did our visa for us when we last were were in the, in, in Pula, and we, uh, we got our 12th 12, 12 month visa. We dealt with her and Barbara, fantastic people. Um, and so what we're going to do today is we're going to ask them a lot of the questions that you want to know about the Croatian visa. So welcome, Susanna.
2: Hi there. Thank you very much for hosting me. I'm very happy to be here and answer questions.
0: Brilliant. So Adriatic Exchange Change is the company that uh, that you both co-own. Um, just give us a little sort of two-minute background of who you are, what your background is, how you got into this game.
2: Yeah, so um, as you might be able to tell from my accent, I am um, originally from Sydney, although maybe mixed now because I live in London. So, um, But, yeah, I'm uh, uh, originally from Sydney and um, I'm a lawyer by... Uh, by trade profession um and uh, i moved over to to london in sort of february 2020 um sort of hoping to to practice law there um and that was um you know right before the kind of COVID COVID time um so uh interesting timing there but um you know i decided to kind of stick it out and not go back home um and um uh, sort of came to croatia um my, my parents are croatian so i have a croatian background and sort of that that's how um, i i could kind of came to be uh in croatia during covid um sort of came to see family um here um and then um i guess during that time of being sort of a digital nomad myself um during uh covid um in croatia i and I started to get involved with people who were um, working remotely, and um, you know that's how I became involved with um, with Adriatic Sea Change, really.
0: Brilliant. Now the, the Digital Nomad Visa is relatively new, isn't it? Is it like eighteen months old, two years old?
2: Yeah. So I think um, I think yeah, it's, it's it's coming up to two years. So um, yeah, a relatively new concept um, in Croatia and I guess globally.
0: Yeah, I know we were, I think we were the fourth and fifth UK people to get the visa and maybe like the 40th or 50th in total. Um, and now obviously I'm, I'm guessing you're seeing a lot more people going for the visa this year.
2: Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, we are. And 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 they're sort of, um, you know, broadening out where, you know, the jurisdictions that they're coming from, um, you know, initially it was, you know, as you say, UK, um, the US, um, but we're, we're now seeing, you know, um, South America, a lot, of, a lot of Asia as well, some Australians um, who are now able to kind of travel a bit more. Um, so, yeah, it, it is really kind of um, taking off as people are kind of seeing, um, you know, what they can do um, in terms of working remotely and um, having a bit more flexibility.
0: So let's go, let's do a little bit of a dive into the digital nomad visa. I'm guessing that most people are listening to this will know the one exists, they'll probably know a little bit about it. Um, am I right in thinking that this is predominantly for third country nationals, as opposed to people who live within the EU bloc at the moment? Yeah, that's
2: right. Um Obviously, if you live in, in, in the EU and um and, and have um residency or passport, then you know you're, you're able to come to Croatia um and live here freely. Um so you you wouldn't need the digital nomad visa and you wouldn't have that kind of restriction of you know having the, the visa for only 12 months. Um so it is, as you say, for for, for third country um nationals, which now include the UK and I guess the rest, <laughs> rest of the world um outside Europe.
0: And so as a, th- so we predominantly, because if, if you live in Germany, for example, we had we met some German people who just said, yeah, we come and live in Croatia. That's what we do, which is cool. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we won't go into the whole Brexit thing because I have very strong opinions about that, as I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, but for those people who are third countries, then is this the only visa that's available for them to live longer term in in Croatia? So it's not the, the, the
2: only visa, but I would say it is, the visa that is kind of the least administratively burdensome to, to kind of obtain. Um, and, you know, the, the other visas are really to do with, you know, you having kind of long, long-term long um, rental arrangements um, or opening up a new company or being employed um, by someone um, in Croatia. So all, all of those, I mean, maybe some people fit those criteria, but... Um, But they do involve, you know, a little bit more kind of paperwork and sort of, you know, if you need to set up a company in Croatia, for example, and then, you know, employ yourself or something like that, that takes obviously a lot more, you know, capital as well as time, Um, whereas a digital nomad visa is just sort of by nature, you know, you're able to kind of work remotely um, and, you know, therefore, you know, you're entitled to kind of apply and generally if you if you meet the criteria, which are, you know, pretty low bar, um, then you're able to get the of the 12 months.
0: So this is, I'm going to come back to the 12 month thing, because there is a catch there, isn't there? So we'll come back to that in a second. Um, so, You've mentioned a lot of other things. We've looked into those, like setting up a company, and there's an awful lot of money you need to put into it, and then you have to employ some locals as well. I think, and it's very it seemed quite scary to us. Uh, we looked at buying mm. buying somewhere, um, and they were like, "Well, yeah, but then you still only get nine months." I think is that right? You're only allowed nine months. Okay, and so mm-hmm. so when we're talking about the visas, then this is this sounds perfect for the type of person who works remotely. Um, who earns income from outside of Croatia, so they might have a freelancer or perhaps even employed, employed, and they come and live in Croatia. So just describe to me who the perfect person this visa is for.
2: Yeah, so um, they sort of, I would put them in two categories. So you're either um, somebody who is employed for a company um, that pays them kind of regular income, And you're able to do your job, um, you know, via technology from anywhere in the world. Really, the second category is that um, you're either sort of. Uh, either a freelancer or employed for yourself um and then you know you, you might not have such a regular income but you've got a you know sufficient amount of capital um and and you know you're, you're also able to kind of um, work anywhere right via technology so i guess the common theme being um you know you're able to you know work remotely um you know by just using technology and having having a, a an internet connection um the uh, the, the reason I sort of I, I mentioned the regular income versus kind of having capital is because there's obviously income thresholds, which I guess we can touch on now or later, but, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the ideal applicant.
0: So let's talk about the income then. So what do people either need to need to earn or need to have in savings to to qualify?
2: Yeah. So the the currently the amount um, is even you know, almost eighteen thousand quid, just under. So that's approximately. Um, 2,400 euros and depending on the exchange rate kind of the, the similar for the um, American dollars um so that's you know um proof of income and payslips for the last kind of six months of that amount coming in um and if you don't have that um then you're only able to show like a smaller period or you know you get you know sort of irregular income um then you need to kind of have that capital upfront, um, which is 12 months worth of that monthly amount, which I think comes to you know, uh, pro- around thousand euros.
0: So you either have to prove that you have consistently earned 2,400 euros or more, mm-hmm. um, or you need to prove that you've got savings about 12 times that, which is whatever that is.
2: Yes, exactly. But importantly enough, you, you still sort of need to kind of have earnings coming in, even if you're proving that you have upfront capital, because otherwise, then you would not really be a, a remote worker. And I think, you know, they, they are wanting to, 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 you know, attract just remote workers who actually are doing some kind of work.
0: So what happens if there's a husband and wife team? Do they both have to earn 2400 or have double the amount in savings?
2: Well, no, it depends on whether you are sort of um, whether, whether you apply as a dependent so um, or, or whether you want sort of two individual visas. Um, so, if you are applying as a dependent, it's something called family rehabilitation. So, um, you know, you can have um, a husband, a wife, or two kids. Um, and for each and every um, dependent, the income threshold we were just talking about goes up by 10%.
0: Okay, well, that makes sense then. So let's go on to the restrictions in this. So if I remember, and you tell me about this, if I remember, it's something like you can't reapply within a certain time and you can't earn income in Croatia. Talk us through that. What's the What are the restrictions of this?
2: Yeah, so there is a restriction. So if you kind of get your visa for a 12-month period and you want to um, reapply, um, you can't do that for... The, preceding, the next six months. So six months has to lapse um, between, you know, that your visa ending and your next sort of visa being granted. So you, you would either need to um, leave, leave the country for the entire period or, you know, if you are able to come back, um, you know, not on the digital nomad visa, for example, you know, if you're from the UK, you've got that three months of the year that you can you can spend in Croatia. Um, then you could kind of bridge the gap a little bit, but you would need to spend at least that three months outside of of Croatia.
0: And I'm curious then, so one of the stipulations, if I remember, was that you weren't allowed to earn income within um, Croatia or work for a Croatian company. Yeah. So what about people who have, say, rental income, rental properties in other countries, or they earn money from crypto? Is this a bit more clear cut? Is there anything about that?
2: So, um, the income <laughs> income tax kind of rules um, are, are quite complex, really. But but I think that the essence is that um, you're not considered a tax resident in Croatia, right? So your income earned from that job or what, whatever else you do in the world is not taxed in Croatia for that year while you are a digital nomad uh, on the digital nomad visa. But if you are a tax resident, um, you know, in in America or in another country, then the the rules of that country do still apply to you with respect to, you know, whatever income you're earning. And I think that's most relevant probably for Americans who sort of have tax obligations globally, where, you know, even if they don't live um, in, in the States.
0: And i think this is one of the things that appealed to us was um when we first learned about it was that becoming from the uk then you could pay zero percent tax on your income if you have this visa and become a tax resident of um of croatia
2: mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking
0: zero percent tax is that right
2: yeah yeah so so i guess but for, for, for that year because you wouldn't you wouldn't actually have um a, a tax obligation um in the uk because you're not a resident there so um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good outcome. <laughs> Shame it's only for 12 months.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then, of course, there's um, there's the option of maybe going to neighbouring Bosnia and Herzegovina and you can go stay there. That between. is true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think, I mean, we love it. And we're going for our our second uh, visa um, in in probably in about three weeks time. I think we'll be talking to you. Um, So (laughs) so let's talk through, because we went through the process for the first time about 12 months ago. Let's talk through what the process is. And then I'll ask you whether it's possible for someone to do it themselves compared to getting some help from someone like you.
2: Yeah. So, um, I mean, the the, the process really is about, um, you know, gathering enough evidence about, you and what you do for work to kind of satisfy the criteria of working remotely um, and also sort of meeting the the income threshold. Um, And then you've you've obviously got to kind of satisfy the Croatian government that you've got a good, you know, um, record and you don't have any criminal activity in the past, that kind of thing. Um, And then there's um, uh, other requirements around kind of where you're going to live. Um, so you need um, some rental um, arrangements in place um, and insurance. So those are kind of the the, the main um, things. But just to kind of talk through some of those because they can be more complicated um, depending on your circumstances. So when you're kind of showing um, your your proof of income and proof of employment, um, you know we can we we really find that. Um, some of the the requirements that each case officer um, has really do vary. Um, And I I guess that kind of makes sense because not everybody has, you know, the the same sort of background. Some people, you know, um, are regular employees and kind of get, you know, um, monthly pay Some work by the hour so there's you know um depending on the different different sort of scenarios um there are different documents that they do ask um and then the other things that you know we sometimes um uh get caught up in discussing is actually sort of proving that this company whether it's your employer or your own company is actually real and you're not sort of hoarding your documents so um you know uh, it, it can be quite quite tricky trying to gather all those documents and um and also just trying to sort of foresee what documents you might require. So we've obviously dealt with lots of different scenarios and, you know, up front are, are pretty good at saying you're probably going to need X, Y and Z to go and ask your employer or go and gather these if you own your own company um, so that we're not kind of engaged in a lot of back and forth. Um, then on the on the rental side, so, um, you know, lots of people don't want to kind of commit upfront to, you know, having... Um, a, a rental agreement for a year or however long um, before they know with some degree of certainty that they're going to get their visa. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're quite often in, involved in, in advising exactly how, you know, they should they should go about, you know, either changing their address or, you know, entering into longer or shorter term agreements. Um, and, you know, the police can, uh, the, the case officers at the Croatian police can get quite... Um, quite involved in sort of, you know, some of them will try and say, you know, you absolutely need a, you know, you know, you have to have a rental agreement for a whole year, which you know, you really don't. Um so those are the things that, you know, we were quite often arguing about. Um and it's the same for insurance really. Um, you know, I think um you don't actually need to get it for, for the full year, um, you know, and you can kind of get it for you know the next two months and then sort of see how how the visa process goes. So, um, those are all the things that you, you kind of need to take into account and um and, and sort of consider up front. And um, you know, but because we've dealt with so many of these and had so many different scenarios come up with different kind of case offices, depending on whether you're in full Zagreb, you know, split or Dubrovnik or wherever, um, you know, where. We're quite attuned to to what the different you know um, station the, you know police stations require and um, and how to deal with different scenarios.
0: I think that's probably, and I don't want this to be an advert for you, even though we've you know, we've used it before and we think you're great. But I think with anything to do with legal, particularly sort of like uh, visas, then you've got two levels of translation. You've got the actual language translation, and then you've got the yeah. translation of what the actual regulations mean. And I know with our application, looking at what other people were doing in Zagreb, there was different requirements, even though it's the same visa application. So, I
2: mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and I think um, the the other thing to, to which is probably quite frustrating for people going through this process, is that um, you know uh, quite often the communication is in Croatian. So you know you receive an email and you see it and it's in Croatian, <laughs> and then you're sort of trying to put it into Google Translate and sort of see what exactly it's requiring. So um, you know the you know uh, frustratingly enough, there's just not enough people um you know in croatia that work on these um these are applications that are actually quite fluent in english um so that's the other thing that we find is that often you just cut through a lot of things you know cut through a lot of crap to, you know I'm gonna say <laughs> um by uh by, by just being able to speak the same language um so you know that that's a a way that that you know we quite often speed things up a little bit because we're not kind of having that language barrier we can just pick up the phone and be quite pushy with them which i think as a you know as a foreigner you you might not either have the comfort or even just the language skills to do that
0: absolutely absolutely i think this before i go on to the your thoughts on the changes with schengen and what's what whatever um just you saved our ass at least once because we were in the police station in Pula and they said they didn't have a document we knew they did and you just got on the phone and spoke to them and smoothed it all out. So um we're, yep. we're huge fans of you and you just stopped us from uh I mean it was difficult enough having to like for example you I think we went to the actual visa went to the the desk. We got our visa said right now you need to go and pay your tax and get a stamp. And we're like, okay, well what time's our so we went to the go the stamp and the woman had gone for a half an hour break. And we're like, well we our appointment's only from eleven till twelve. So she's gone from eleven yeah. thirty. So yeah it was um <laughs> it's it's quite a frustrating yeah experience with it, even if you get someone to help out because the actual on the ground can be quite frustrating so i'm yeah. curious i'm curious um <clears throat> there is talk of and i don't know whether it's definite or not there's talk of um croatia joining the schengen zone um sometime yes. soon i know you got a we go to the euro in january i think do you see any ch- foresee any changes in how the visa might work if you are part of the schengen zone
2: not really I think I think at the moment um the way that it, it's sort of applied uh, in terms of that three-month period that you're able to kind of travel I think it's actually separately counted where you're in Schengen with Croatia so I think once Croatia joins you know your time in Croatia will be timing all of Schengen um so effectively kind of worse off depending on how you look at it but um I don't think the actual process itself will Change. Um, I don't think that there's anything sort of in terms of the rules of the, of the visa that that will change. Um, sort of unrelated to the Schengen. I've mean, been having some discussions in, in the various ministries about trying to get a little bit more time for people, you know, so they can kind of have two years on the digital nomad visa, um, which I think um, it is it is different to the, to the Schengen rules, but I think. Because the you know the countries in the region are kind of doing things like that, I think um, you know Croatia is trying to look at it and see whether they can you know do that and be a bit more competitive because it is sort of becoming um, you know it's quite tricky. A lot of countries uh, you know mm-hmm. are caught on to this and and have these and have different things for digital nomads, so it is quite competitive actually.
0: Yeah, I think it would be nice if they did stop the. Um Remove the six month restriction because we'd love to stay here permanently. But I understand that there's a hard border, really. I mean, it's the the last country before non Schengen, isn't it, and non EU. So yeah, so
2: yeah,
0: I understand why they have to have it.
2: Yeah, um, so um, we're we're active on on um, you know our, our Facebook page. Um, so um, Adriatic Sea Change, or uh, you can email us at info at Croatia for Digital Nomad um, Yeah, that's sort of the the two main ways. Um, Or we're also, you know, if you're in some of the the Facebook groups um, for digital nomads, um, we're kind of active there. And, you know, you can tag us there and ask us questions. Um, Yeah, but Facebook's probably the the, the easiest way. You know, you can direct message us if you've got any questions or anything like that. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get in touch. Um, I will also say, you know, we, we do quite often um, speak to people kind of on an obligation basis just to kind of see whether it is appropriate for you to kind of get get the visa or, you know, to get a feel for us and what we can do, how we can help. Um, so, you know, do get in touch. We're not kind of, you, you know, just looking to charge you immediately. It is something, you know, we, we, we do kind of have a conversation and then sort of see whether, whether it's the right fit.
0: So that's Susanna. She is very knowledgeable. I'm afraid the audio wasn't always the best because we we're on Zoom and Zoom's not brilliant at recording audio. Um, but if you've got any questions or anything you didn't, didn't quite catch, then obviously just DM us on Sideways. No, DM us on Instagram at um, Sideways Life um, and we'll be able to tell you or better still, get in touch with them directly. So, Leah, what did you think?
1: Brilliant, you know, it's all the information that you need to, to go about applying for the visa. And I think, you know, anything that has to do with with staying rights and the government is always complicated and there's always a bit of red tape and a bit of bureaucracy. That is just the way it is. So don't get angry, get prepared. And I think Senna oh. is a great person to help you do that. You can absolutely do it yourself, you can. I think it's whether, it comes down to time and money, right? Mm-hmm. If, you don't, if you don't have the money to invest in that, Go, you know, do it. There's so much more support now than there was kind of this time last year when we were mm-hmm. applying for it. Um, so, yeah, get on the on the Digital Nomad Croatia groups. Have a look at lots of different websites. Expat and Croatia is a really knowledgeable resource as well. Um, you can do it yourself, but if you'd rather save some time and energy, throw some money at the problem, mm-hmm. as Alan and I like to say, couldn't recommend Adriatic Sea change more highly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic people. And I mean, the other thing which we discovered and she did mention it in the the call is that if you if you apply in Zagreb compared to, say, Pula compared to Split, there are different requirements. Even though it's the same visa, then they just make things up. They're like, all right, we want to see this suddenly. Um, We went to the police station to pick up our visa, I think, or excuse me, or was it? um, Well, I can't remember. We went in the police station for something and we got ourselves in a pickle. She went, have you got this form? We were like, no. And she went, oh, you can't get it. And We're like, wait one second. Let's let's ring Barbara up and get her on the phone. So Barbara rung up., uh, we rung her up. She spoke to the police and basically straightened it out or threatened her. I don't know what Barbara did, but um, <laughs>
1: it's best we don't know.
0: It was all sorted, um, and we, we went on our merry way. So, um, as Leanne said, it's not for everyone, because not everyone has the budget, but we're not talking a lot of money. I can't remember, genuinely can't remember how much we paid, but certainly it wasn't like thousands to get this done.
1: It was under a £1,000 for both of us. I think, if I remember right, it was around the... maybe six... Seven, oh, do you know what? I can't remember. But it was under a £1,000 for both of us.
0: So... we use them again. We will be using them again in about 10 to 20 days' time. We're going for our second visa, Um, so you can find them. If you just go into Facebook, probably the best way, go into Facebook and type in Adriatic Sea Change. Adriatic as in the Adriatic Sea, which is just outside our window right now, isn't it?
1: It is. And if you want to know a bit more about living and working in Split specifically, you can check out episode 74. I mentioned that I know listeners, you, most of you probably heard it already, but we find we tend to get some new listeners when we do an episode mm. like this. So if this is your first episode welcome and if you want to know a bit more about living in croatia living in split check out episode 74 or as i mentioned at the top if you are looking at different digital nomad visas and you are comparing and contrasting check out episode 79 uh, that's when we did an interview with a fabulous lady about the spanish digital nomad visa
0: definitely so um, if you are thinking of coming to croatia then send us a dm
1: yeah, look us up.
0: If you're old school like me, then go to your email, as at asidewayslife at gmail.com, sidewayslife at com, And we read everything. I'm pretending that, that we get thousands of emails a day. We don't. We probably get about five and four of those are just rubbish. <laughs> but
1: we do read them. But
0: we do read them and we do reply, as uh, as previous guests have found out. Um, To their surprise. Okay, so next week is a complete surprise to everyone because we've not planned anything, have we? No. (laughs) But there is a guest that we're trying to pin down. Um, If I just say the Digital Nomad King, then maybe you'll have an idea of who it is we're trying to get. Bromad 1.0.
1: Bromad
0: (laughs) 1.0? Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, So that's who we're after. You will find out next week if we've got an interview with him. Otherwise, we'll just pretend we never mentioned it.
1: And we'll talk about something interesting. Uh, probably. probably.
0: Probably. All right. Well, should we say goodbye? Bye. 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 Bye.
2: Bye. Bye <laughs>